Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave. Take it away, Tom. Hi, guys. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Tom here with my good friend, Shay. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 1, Episode 19 of the Scare Your Pants Off, Our American Road Trip Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to set up camp in Pennsylvania. It's going to be good. So how are you doing today, Shay? I am surviving i am i am okay today how are you i'm good tired a little not you just a little worn down been a long couple weeks and stuff a lot of stuff going on so but uh but good for the most part so looks good i think um i think the last two weeks has been uh very much testing me and uh, i lost my we lost my heat um last last wednesday and then Which, uh my fiance <laughs> yeah no bad time absolutely <laughs> february not a good time to lose your heat um yeah. and and on top of it, it was nights that were like nine degrees five degrees <sighs> and then the day after it got fixed we found out my fiance and my son both have covid um quarantine them and try to keep the house sanitary but by tuesday i had covid oh. and now uh everybody's feeling a lot better i'm feeling quite a bit better but my voice is still a little funny so i apologize it's my sultry covid voice so Jeez, I am sorry that you're feeling that way and that happened that's crazy and weird and coincidental and just yeah, yeah. i'm uh Jeez, that's not good. Actually, my weirdly enough, last night it, it's fine now, but my heat went out yesterday for a couple hours as well. Here now, a couple of years ago, you remember I had the issue and everything where it where it uh, you know, and that was an issue, and I it was like it would work and wouldn't for like weeks on end and stuff. But so hopefully, knock on wood, it's working now. But strange that. That happened and you happened. And again, we're up in New England and it, you in February, you do not want to lose heat that <laughs> up here. So no, you do not. Uh, yeah, it's it so, uh, it oddly coincidental to uh some stuff. So we'll yes. uh, we'll I think we'll let the the listener maybe see if they, they can pick up a correlation, but I know we have. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um so you uh have you watched anything good in your time of quarantine? Right? Perfect time to do that. I finished. So first I finished um, Archive 81. Love that show. Mind blown. It was awesome. It was it was so well done. And it was such a creative, creative spin on a semi-common topic. But it's it was so well done. It was so cool. And it was just great. You finished it, right? Yes, yes. <clears throat> I apologize. 
Oh, it's okay. Um, I loved it. It just, like you said, a creative spin on it. It was, the story was great. And then a lot of times with horror shows, horror movies, you get to points where even on the best ones, you get taken out of it. Either there's a twist that doesn't make sense or the way it ends. I've talked about like Stephen King and endings of his movies and, and how they, it's like a great movie for, you know, hour and 58 minutes and then the last two minutes it's just like yeah you know yeah it's all the way through i really hope there's a second season which i imagine there will be because it was one of those sort of netflix word of mouth that everybody was talking about all of a sudden so um yeah great show i i loved it i loved it they did great maintaining the whole way through like the whole way through they just it, it was awesome. My my interest was from the start to the end. Just it was yeah. it was I was totally vested. So yeah, a guy at work told me about it, and I was like, and it's a guy that doesn't normally recommend shows, but when he does, I know they're good because he just he does it so rarely. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna check this out, and like you said, r- hooked me right away. Like first couple minutes of the show, it's just like, all right, this is cool, cool subject matter. Still, oh yeah, very very good did and i watched uh so i watched ghostbusters afterlife i haven't seen it yet but it is on my list because it's i've heard nothing but good things no spoils i won't i won't even i won't even go into to anything but when you do watch it we'll, we'll definitely have to chat because it was it was great and then i also watched texas chainsaw massacre on netflix good okay what were your thoughts or what overall what'd you think Overall, I liked it. I did. Um, There were, I had a couple very, mind you, probably picky issues with it. And being picky, I am. And I I will completely acknowledge when it comes to horror movies, I am picky. Yeah, me too. But I had a couple small issues with it. (laughs) How did you feel about it overall? I overall liked it, had issues with it, though like okay. really like quite a few issues with it so how about how will we go back and forth i'll say an issue we'll talk you say an issue we'll talk okay. i had an issue with the fact that they didn't even bring up the sawyer family not even a mention i agree that's you would think as a direct sequel and uh that they would and yes um the only thing i i will say and i haven't read too much about it but apparently there was a lot of issues with this movie like they they fired or a director either left or got fired like a couple a couple weeks into the production and then if you notice it's only an hour and 23 minutes was which is barely a full length feature that's you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it, that's almost a short um which i guess there was some issues and with that as well so i like to think and i don't know this at all that maybe it was part of it and got cut out for some reason or another whether it's yeah I don't know that for all because that 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 was very glaring to me that that's all um so he's not supernatural thank you thank you thank you I you know what yes absolutely I'm so glad you brought up that point because I felt like a jerk thank you how many bullets did he take 
with and just keep going, you know, like yeah. And my for all of our listeners, if you haven't watched it yet, spoiler alert. Yes, we should have said that right away. Spoiler, fast forward, or or whatever. So yeah, too many bullets, but the end with the saw up his up in his jugular and into his face. How is that a thing? It's it's too. He's not Michael Myers. There's no curse. There's no. He's 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 not Freddy. He's not in the dream world. He's not Jason Voorhees who. I don't even know what's going on with Jason. I just like it. It's uh, yes, but him, that that bothered me a lot because, it, like I say, it took bullet. I mean, yeah, he's and he seemed even more abnormally strong this time. I mean, throwing a sledgehammer like it, like it was like a a, a throwing star and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. uh, yes. So yeah, all right, all right. Well. Since we're talking about superhuman, I have another superhuman, apparently, that was also in the movie. And it was, I can't remember her name. Hold on. I can't remember character's name. The victim that survived from the previous. Yes. Oh, God. What is her name? I'm drawing a blank, too. Uh, not not Sally, right? It is um, Sally, I think. It is Sally. Okay. I think so. So he picked her up with a chainsaw through her, bounced her around a little, yeah. and then tossed her. There is, and again, I'm I'm all for exaggerating things in horror movies. I am. I really am. There's something to it, and it's great when it's done right. There's zero percent chance, even in horror movie reality, that she's going to muster up something and somehow still have her gun with her and then yeah. manage to shoot it and load it and hand it off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. It, it was, there was definitely some problematic, and I get it, you know, with it, they're kind of going for a visual, a bit, you know, a big visual and this and that with the, with the deaths and how cool can we make the death? But they, they got to, especially in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because like I said, it is grounded in reality based on a true person and everything like that, that the, the kills, they can be cool. And still grounded in reality, they well, you know they yeah. don't like like you said that's absurd. You know, holding her up like you know what I mean, like with a chainsaw. Yes. Yeah. So what I think really is the the biggest problem with the new the, the move this movie the one we just watched is that honestly like it's competing with the other Texas Chainsaw Massacres that didn't. It was a little outlandish. It was there were definitely some like uh, what do you survive that? But you still have that. He may have. Yeah. Um it wasn't nearly as outlandish as this seems to be. Yes. Um right. yeah. But then you go to the mid credit scene. <coughs> I apologize. Oh, that's okay. You go to the mid credit scene and you got both the girls in the I kind of love that it wasn't a self-driving car. I actually kind of yeah. thought that was pretty neat. Um but the fact that he got up from from yeah. that and then took the girl and yeah kind of had it just i don't know it, honestly like that might have been that was not the way for me to end that movie did you see the post credit scene yes Shit, Where, do you want me to tell you i do 
it, it's very short. It's him walking up the driveway of the old the house from the original. So, so he's... is that the house from the original? Because I don't remember that being the house from the original. I thought it was. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I, I thought it, it was at least supposed to represent the house from the original. I could be wrong on that, though. I'll look into it. Um, so, it, And I think, honestly, the biggest problem with the movie, though, and kind of is the all encompass with some of those problems we discussed kind of fall in with that is the fact that it was so short that it was only an hour and 23. So a lot of stuff felt rushed where it's like it could have been fleshed out a little more like the like the guy um that's like in charge you know shows him around and he's working on his truck there the the guy yeah. from texas there like his character could have been fleshed out a little more a lot of stuff could, i felt like could have been fleshed out the uh the woman that takes care of um takes care of him you know yeah there was and I think a lot of the problems came with that and I don't know if that was because of all the production issues that went on or what but I thought you know I I totally thought that it should have been another 20 25 to 30 minutes uh, yeah. and and that way it wouldn't have felt so rushed in my opinion so, you actually just reminded me of one other issue that I had that I kind of forgot about yeah so in the other Texas chainsaw massacres Generally, when he was collecting his souvenirs, there was almost a, I don't quite know how to say it, but almost like a sexualized nature to it. I won't, I'm not saying it was, you know, like about sex, but it was a sexualized nature to it. Mm -hmm. And I know the lady at the orphanage wasn't actually his mom, but it bothered me a little that he chose her face to wear. Because to me, that is a very sexualized act. I, again, I know it's not like horny or anything like that, but it's it is a very sexualized act. And it's a very, yeah. I, I don't know. I, just, I struggled with the fact that he picked her face. Of the people that were in that van, he picked her face. I can see that. And yeah, it's, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it like that. But now I, I can totally see what you're saying. It's, um, yeah, it's rooted in some sort of sexual dysfunction almost. It's like, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally, again, yeah, I hadn't thought of it, but yeah, I can, I can totally see that. And there are some other little issues here and there that I had. Those were the main, my, honestly, my, like I said, for me, the two biggest were, is not supernatural and the, and the length and then the other stuff kind of, it, too i mean but overall i enjoyed it i thought it was fun you know it just it's not what i would have done as a director per oh. se so it's uh yeah yeah i uh i was so excited the video game's coming out soon i can't well it's for the new systems which i don't have i'm not a big video game guy but yeah. um I, i'm probably gonna have to get that one because I hear it, I'm hearing it. It's looking pretty awesome. And that's my favorite. But anyway, all right. So um any other thoughts on the movie? No, I think I think uh I think that's it. I think that's all I have for the movie. Cool. All right. Well, uh you got a cryptid for me this week? 
Time for the cryptic. I do have a cryptid for you this week, and I'm actually really excited about it because it's not it's not your average cryptid for me. It's it's not really a cryptid that like chases or attacks. It's actually quite the opposite. So uh, I'm going to talk about the squonk. Have you ever heard of that? No, I have not. So everybody who listens know I have some weird, sick weakness for cryptids. And if I ever run into one, that is probably how I'm going to die. And I accept that. That's that's fine. I'm going to try to hug a Wendigo and I'll be dead. That's <laughs> I accept my fate, I know. So I'm going to take you to Hemlock Forest. And its first sighting was actually in 1910. Um, the squonk is pig-like in facial feature and in body shape. Uh, some depictions say that they have a tail and some say that they don't. And um, what's kind of neat is they have really greasy looking skin and it has warts all over it, but the skin does not fit it. It seems to be sagging off like it's just trying to like drip away from its body. Now, one really sad thing is that the poor squonk hides most of the time because it's embarrassed by its its appearance. Hmm. I know. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, and the squonk has a really kind of neat ability, but it's a very sad ability. And, and if this is real and this is something that it has, then it's honestly, it was acquired over time in defense, probably. Okay. Um so it can dissolve completely into a puddle of its own tears. I know, I know, right? That's awful. And it's, but it's, it, it's funny, but it's awful. Yeah, it's sad, but it, it's cool. It's a cool, like, it is thing that it can do. But yeah, it's a little sad. His own tears. I mean, when you're sad like that, I mean, I, I guess I, I feel like if I'm sad like that, I'd want to dissolve it in my own tears too, and just not, oh. you know. But supposedly one was captured in the 1940s and when the person who caught it got home looked in the sack that they they were carrying it in and it was all that was left was a bunch of goo wow that's crazy yep it said that you can kind of hear them rustling through uh the forest and occasionally you can have a you can hear a squealing sound similar but not exactly like a pig Hmm. But that's all I got for that one. But I, I just kind of, he was. It's very different from all of the other kind of menacing or like. Yeah, I love very, it. Yeah, it's so different, and it's like never heard of it, which I, I always get excited because you know, you know, learning something new, and just love the description of it overall. Like, like a very good description with the saggy skin, and it's just like a sad sad you know he's uh you know hides because of his parents he he uh turns into a puddle of his tears or she, he or she um he just it's like you know like as we research and do these things we come across a lot of these stories and and stuff throughout it that are you know we find out came about for certain reasons whether it's a fable or an allegory or something like that and that almost reminds me of something like that it's just very different i loved it like that's what a cool thing and it's like i ha i just have such a 
funny mental picture in my head. So any yeah. or viewer out there, if you um, want to send in uh, a rendering or a sketch of what you think the squonk would look like, please do hit us up at uh, at our Gmail or here or um, you know, leave a message on a video or something. Uh, we'd love to. We'll put it up on, on an episode or we'll talk about it or whatever because uh, really curious what you guys – think it looks like because i have a very funny mental picture in my head so yep. it's kind of porky pigish and um but, <laughs> yeah. but different so very cool loved it loved it thank you well i had the haunting this week time for the haunting. and i am i love this i never heard of it and now i'm obsessed and uh because i just there's a lot of great stuff in here so have you ever heard of hexenkopf rock no nope doesn't ring a bell okay hexenkopf rock which uh, hexenkopf uh you know pretty much translates to witch's head so it's witch's head rock uh or hexenkopf rock and it's located in williams township about six miles south of easton on Hexenkopf Road in Pennsylvania. Hexenkopf Road, uh, Hexenkopf Rock uh, gained fame for its use in the Lanai Lenape healing rituals. A powwow doctor would use transference to help heal the sick. In these rituals, the powwow doctor would transfer the sickness or what they believed um, that sickness in the body was actually evil. So they would transfer the sickness or this evil uh, out of the out of the person to an in a inanimate object. Um, in this area, and in most cases in this area, that inanimate inanimate object was Hexenkopf rock. But it could be a tree, a bush, anything. Uh, actually, it even said it could be a corpse. They can transfer it. anything that's inanimate. They can transfer the sickness to. Um, so many of these rituals were adopted by the early German settlers in the 1700s. And in 1743, Johann Peter Saylor, who is recognized as the first new world powwow doctor, that's official. He is recognized. He learned it from the Lanai Lenape. He is the first in the United States. Um, he settled in Rabsville, not far from Hexenkopf. He and he was known to gather his medicinal herbs and roots from the area near Hexenkopf Rock. His son, Peter Sailor, would, uh, would eventually adopt Johann's powwow practice. And he began and really he would powwow and do almost all his transference at the rock. That's where he did all his wear. His father, you know, had a practice. It wasn't always, he grabbed his herbs and roots and whatever else he needed from the area, but didn't always do it at the rock. Um, and just a little side note here. Uh, powwow as a, as a tradition uh, by the Pennsylvania Dutch continued all the way up until 1955, which I thought was pretty crazy. And there were actually modern interpretations to this day that are 
different, you know, mixed with pagan beliefs and uh, pagan stuff. Um, so they're not exactly, it's not exactly the same type of powwowing, but in some forms still to this day. Um, but so the legend of the rock though, comes from the great amount of evil that is believed to be stored in the rock and the evils in there from the powwowing. So legends began to arise about witches using the rock to cast hexes and curses uh, in, as well as using it for their festivals on the Sabbath. Uh, because of these witches, Hexenkopf was said to be most active on April 30th, and I'm going to ruin this word, while per gets knocked. It's, <laughs> don't, it's German or Dutch, and um, it's basically that's april 30th that's there uh when the witches welcome spring you know basically a new year rebirth of spring and also the day that they initiate initiate new members into the craft so um so anyway locals began to report seeing frequent bonfires and witch dances happening at or near the rock uh and then legends would say that wives would sneak out at night, and I love this little thing, they would sneak out at night, leaving a broomstick in their place in the bed, um, so their husbands, to trick their husbands, so their husbands wouldn't notice they were gone, and they would go to the rock to cast curses and dance and do all that witchy good stuff. So, and uh, actually, these, uh, these legends of of that of uh continued all the way up till the 1940s and uh in the 1940s it was reported that a local woman started complaining that uh her horses would be in a great sweat in the morning so <laughs> okay very wording i'm assuming they're just very sweaty which is, is so <laughs> So most mornings, she would find them in a great sweat. And to her, this meant, obviously, I mean, logically, this makes, this is totally sound, that uh, witches had been riding them the, uh, riding them all the previous night. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So determined to find the truth, she rode out to the rock one night on her horse. When she returned in the morning, she had gone completely insane. So, another case back in the 1860s, uh, a, a husband accused his wife of witchcraft when he saw her rub herself with an ointment, then recite an incantation, then hop on a broomstick and vanish. Curious, he repeated the process but found, and then found himself transported to Hexenkopf Rock where he landed in the middle of a witch's dance and then the next thing he remembers is just waking up dazed and confused in a neighbor's pig pen. Huh. Yeah, I thought okay. that was a little. <laughs> um, in another. Were they sweating too, or sorry, What's go that? on. Were they no, sweating too? <laughs> Probably. Uh, in another instance of the alleged uh, of alleged witchcraft in the eighteen uh, sixties, a woman was charged with with using Hexenkopf rock 
to curse a local farmer's horse and make it sick. So records are a little shaky, but suppose, but supposedly at first she completely denied it. But then after, you know, a couple days of questioning and whatever, um, admitted to it. So she was sentenced to one year in prison. And then upon her release, she would have to stand in the uh, center of town at the pillar at the pillory for six hours, four times a year. So, 1860s, weird time, weird time. Yeah, clearly, yeah, oh, four times a year for six hours a day. So, all right. And so, I'll get into some of the uh, more of the legends and supposedly haunts that are happening here now. Uh, Another uh, another one of the legends is of Farmer Brown, the peg legged. Yes. Yes. Peg legged like a like a pirate. The peg legged Farmer Brown. (laughs) Yes. Um, Supposedly was chasing a witch through the woods near Hexenkopf Rock when he fell off a cliff to his death. And people say to this day, you can still see his apparition some nights locked in an eternal chase with a demonic force. And you can still hear his peg leg tapping against rocks and in woods and leaves and stuff as he's running and chasing this force. I love these. And another apparition that is frequently spotted is that of a headless man and his faithful headless dog. (laughs) supposedly searching for the white spirit fox that killed them. <laughs> I love your face right now. <laughs> so, I like, they're both headless? Why do they both have to be headless? And, like, did the fox take both of their heads off? or That's, does... that's the huh. implication, because there's no actual why they lost their heads. They're just because of the fox. So, huh. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here for it. This is very interesting. (laughs) A funny mental picture on that one. Um, And then there's another apparition that is seen is that of a man driving a buggy over the cliff. Apparently having uh, met this demise due to the years of horrific abuse to his family. Apparently a very rotten man. Very just abusive to his wife and children. And yeah, karma's a bitch. He you know, huh. rode, rode over, didn't realize how close he was, rode over and died. Um, some of just general activity that's heard in the area is um, heard or seen near the rock are glowing balls of fire, a woman's scream, um, apparitions of hanged witches, there are reports of um, eerie noises emanating from the area, and um, this just weird uh, sound distortion that happens there. Um, so a lot of weird stuff happening, but there's still even more to it. There's uh, one of its most famous, uh, or the reason that these legends, you know, this rock became famous back then and still to this day and is the glow to it. There's uh, the rock glows in the in the moonlight in the night at night it like and in the 17 and 1800s it glowed really really bright now if we're in you know 2022 erosion whatever as you know it still glows at night but it 
not as bright and it's going to be a really like dark night with just like a full moon almost and then you'll see it and it was believed um because by you know the early settlers it was because of all the evil within the rock because you know the lanai the lenape had done their practices there and then the say uh, johan Peter sailor and his son uh you know doing their practices as well as the witches and everything so it was believed there's just a a ton of evil within this rock and that's why it glowed but you know of course science has a reason for most things and scientifically the reason the rock glows is due to the high amount of mica and phosphorus lichens within the rock apparently these mixed with night or whatever darkness you know create a glow yeah. so that's the actual scientific reason doesn't mean that there's not evil trapped within it but it's there's always a scientific reason and um the last sort of legend I'll talk about, or and it's almost like a curse, or I I, I don't even know. So, uh, um, so a legend states that any structure in the shadow of the rock will catch fire, and it is actually kind of proved true throughout the centuries. There are semi-frequent fires on or near the property. And a ton of buildings near this property have been struck by lightning and caught on fire. So it's uh, just a weird sort of, I, I don't know, a curse that was on it or whatever, or, uh, you know, a hex or something um, that happens. And just some of the other weird things that happen to this day in the area. Um, at least nine young, healthy people have died unexpectedly in the area without a will. Um, there have been a large number of suicides at the rock, uh, mostly women too. And, uh, uh, there, I mentioned the fires, the lightning strikes, this kind of interesting telephone poles cannot be built on the property. Uh, it, it, when they are, they put them on over the years, a telephone pole, they always fall over and they don't, and they can't figure out why these, these can't, you know, keep falling over on um, crop failures in the area to this day uh crop circles have popped up here and there phones not working right cameras not working right in the area so like some sort of electronic interference happening there and then this one interestingly it's almost impossible to hunt in the area because guns almost always jam up so and this has been happening for centuries and to this day, people complain, you know, that, you know, hunting in that area, they cannot fire their gun. So it just, it doesn't work. And that is essentially it. So what's happening here? So I, I feel like, I feel like I got pulled in three different directions, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it's, first of all, great. Honestly, great choice. It was, I've never heard of that. That was, it, and it was so many different, like, little things in it and it, and it was a fantastic choice so awesome thank you but like one of the things so one of the first things i was thinking is honestly and not in every case but a lot of cases it almost seems like some sort of karma maybe being at play i could see that 
especially when you're going into a, a, a pagan or a Wiccan uh, standpoint from it, it it's um, what you put out, you get back threefold. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, but especially when you're talking about the guy that was um, not very great to his family. And it, it almost feels like, you know, it really almost feels like it could have been that. I can totally, I, I totally, I'm a big, I'm a firm believer in karma. So that makes a hundred percent sense to me for sure. But then when you talk about, it doesn't let people hunt, it jams the guns. It doesn't let uh, telephone poles really doesn't seem to let anything that's gonna obstruct or destroy the nature within the vicinity. Right. Mm-hmm. That feels yeah. almost like a protection totem. Oh, okay. Or, or a talisman almost, or uh, it's, it really feels like there's a protection in there. And, and that's honestly kind of beautiful if you think about it. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it in that and in that those <laughs> terms. And but that makes a lot of sense actually. But because yeah, it's only in, in like these modern things, the guns and, and yeah, that I like that a lot because that does make a lot of sense. And then my my third way of thinking is a more, I guess like a scientific approach to it. And it's and really like your story really all three of these like it just it, it just planted the little seeds of them in my head and um, so it, the rock could be almost like a passive vector in one way if you think about it um, meaning so you said the the witch doctor is literally taking herbs from around the rock and and bringing it to help and heal so a passive vector is something that. It would be an inanimate object that can carry a disease, but obviously not contract the disease. And then it's able to pass it on to other things. And if it's, if all these sick people are just going to this rock and, and basically covering it in germs and, and disease, and then this witch doctor is taking all of these other herbs from around it and then bringing it to possibly help someone else. It's, it's now introducing that into wherever they brought it. So that's going to add more sick people, right? Yeah. The other way to possibly think about it is, um, so you said it glows and I, my mind, when something glows, I know you said that there was um, the type of rock can have like a glow to it. Um, But my mind obviously, not obviously immediately goes to, um radiation on land if it were underwater i would have thought like a bioluminescent or something but um on land i i'm immediately i i can't help but think like radiation and especially where it's still you know it's still glowing now but it's dimmer and even with erosion that's still going to be the same rock and i feel like it wouldn't have lessened over time but radiation may have and extremely low doses of radiation now i don't know how low a dose of radiation can be and it still give off like a like a glow but um like a very low doses of radiation actually can be used to treat like pneumonia and tb and different things like that so mm-hmm. it would almost stand to reason that someone could be near that rock for a period of time and actually feel somewhat better if it is radiation that's i i did not know that and that is um fascinating I love it because I, I did not know that. And uh, 
but yeah, that would make sense if if that is the that is the case because, like you said, a low radiation. I never even, you know, I I, I think the whole radio. I probably thought of, but not not in those terms. So, but that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it'd be very very low dose. Like it's not going to make someone else feel sick when they're near it, but it's a low. So it's a low enough dose to not cause harm. But it's yeah. So. Love it. Thank love you. it. It's uh that's why I love talking about these things because those are all things that I hadn't thought about. And then I know that you know you you're much more knowledgeable when it comes to pagan and Wiccan stuff than me. I just have a passing familiarity with that. So uh yeah, no, that's that that's great. I would love to go here. I, I've seen two um yeah conflicting reports. Uh, it, it is definitely on private property. Um but I've seen conflicting reports. Uh, one of the reports that as long as you check with the owners of the property, they will let you go see it. But you must check with them because they don't want just people trampling in because of damage to the area and everything like that. And then the other report says absolutely not. They don't let anybody on the property. So uh, either way, I'd love to check it out um, at some point. And uh, yeah, I, I, I have. Yeah, I did have one other. It's a humorous thought, so it's not really, it's not, oh, it's not really giving creed to anything. But um, uh, so you said this happened April thirtieth. Yes. Um, uh, well, well, it's, it's a lot. A lot of the stuff happens on the thirtieth. That's when the rock's most active on the thirtieth. So. so that's around the time of uh, the pagan Sabbath uh, Ostara, which is beginning of spring it's mm -hmm. uh it celebrates fertility and and whatnot which part of fertility obviously we all know is um maybe partaking in some not so appropriate things and all i all i was thinking when you were telling me that these horses are sweaty in the morning and the, the pigs are sweaty it's spring spring fever that's really a thing <laughs> like that is absolutely a I don't, I've never seen a sweaty horse. I don't know that I want to see a sweaty horse, but um, yeah, I can't help but think that that might have had something to do with it. That, hey, that, that makes a lot of sense too. That's, uh, yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Honestly, it does. It's, again, that's why I love the, our discussions because it's just like stuff that I hadn't thought of or don't really, not as knowledgeable about and, uh, yeah this is that was just a really fun one that was, that was so good i had a lot of fun with that rock i never heard of it until a few weeks ago and then yes all right well do you have a strange encounter this week time for the strange encounter i do so i'm gonna talk about the hexburg ufo sorry not hexburg COVID brain, uh, the Kecksburg UFO incident. Huh. My apologies. No. Uh, you ever heard of that? No. Okay. So on December 9th of 1965, a large fireball was seen in the sky, uh, falling downward as it seems. It wasn't, however, only seen in Pennsylvania. It was actually spotted in six other states. So it was actually visible enough in six other states that it was actually reported. Wow. Um, hot metal debris was reported to have fallen into Michigan and Ohio. And in Pittsburgh, something crashed into the woods. 
Um, the thing that crashed into the woods was said to be surrounded by a blue smoke or a mist and that the earth around where it crashed vibrated. Hmm. Yep. Um, so in, in a lot of uh, the strange encounters we do, especially UFO related, there's obviously going to be stories built around to make it not a UFO. Uh, hmm. This has one of the stranger cover-ups that I think I've ever heard. So oh, I, I, sometimes the cover-ups are always better than the actual event because it's okay. so it's so I'm excited. Here we go. All right. So the most heavily reported excuse of the fireball was that it was actually a meteor bolide, and you said that was just a really bright meteor, right? Like an extra bright one. Yeah, like a extremely bright meteor. All right. And that it was just entering the atmosphere and it happened to burn up. Now, in 2005, so mind you, let me go back and tell you that this hap happened originally in 1965. And in 2005, it was released that in the 1990s. So, 65, 2005, the 90s for some reason. <coughs> Um, that scientists in the 90s studied the fragments and confirmed that they were pieces of a Soviet satellite. After this research was done, though, in the 90s, all of the research and proof went missing. And in 2005, they decided to release this information. Yeah, so they study it 30 years later, which that in itself isn't necessarily that strange because they'll revisit certain things and study them but it's still a little weird that it's 30 years and then you still don't hear about it for another 10 years another decade and yeah that's that's very very convenient to me like and like you said like you uh prefaced right as you were before you said it it's you know, a lot of these strange encounters, it's, there's, you know, these wild sort of cover-ups or whatever, or the way they try to cover up. And it's, sometimes they can be insulting to your intelligence, almost. It's just like, like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, I, I, you are legit gaslighting us, and we all know it, and just have to accept it. And it's because... Mm -hmm. Like what? What else are we gonna do? We can't go up against the the air, whatever you know. So that's like it's frustrating at points too, because it's like getting gaslit is just a, a very bad feeling, and then yeah. it's um, yeah, yeah. That's that's strange. I mean, you look at it, and something something strange happened there. It made the Earth vibrate you it was seen in six states which hey a meteor that can have you know it can be be seen but then did you mention something about blue smoke yeah yeah because yep. i was trying to write as we go uh made made it vibrate now usually you know you know 9.9 .9 out of 10 meteors burn completely up before they even touch the ground you know and then you, you have a few that that don't this one had to be big enough to make the earth vibrate and seen in six states and 
like it would have been way bigger news. Like if that was a meteor and like it would have, they would have been studying the hell out of it because it didn't burn up. Because so I'm gonna make the earth vibrate that fuck to make the earth vibrate. It's gotta be pretty big. So that means it was either exceptionally large and was still very, very large even after burning up, you know, or it's something else. And I'm leaning towards something else because then the, the, the weird sort of cover up and like you said, the blue smoke and great story. And that's why, you know, you, yeah. we always say all oh, of these strange encounters, sometimes they're short, but they're always cool and fun. And um, it's okay if they're short because there's always something good to them, whether it's the cover up, whether it's the, you know, it's a great choice. Great choice. I love it. Never heard of it. Love it. So, all right. Anything else this week? Well, I think, I think I've said all I have. Yeah, that was a fun episode. So, all right, guys, thanks for joining. Thank you so much for joining us and make sure to like and subscribe and be sure to join us next week when we set up camp in Utah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So tune in, boys. Until then, happy camping, guys. Bye. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to ScareYourPantsOff9 at Gmail. See you next time.